Father God, indeed, the war goes on, and we praise you, Lord God, for the victory that you have already won this war completely. I thank you for tucking each one here today into the safety of the palm of your hand, that you'd remove every spirit of anxiety, fear, panic, distraction, confusion that would try to overtake us, Lord God. These are the, these are the uh, enemies, the forces of darkness, the powers of darkness that would so attack our souls, our minds, our focus. I pray that you'd gather our focus and that we'd find we we we'd fulfill the call the thing to which you have called us to do this day. We thank you Lord God for the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Thank you Lord for finishing that work and declaring it is finished. I thank you Lord that it is done that we no longer have to do 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 everything to be because you already have created us in your image and we are. And I thank you Lord for the power you've given us. You said I've given you power over all the power of the enemy. And including the power to defeat the uh, the the um, the lies the with the truth of your word that you do not lie your word is the truth you do not lie this is what we stand on this is what we have faith in and I thank you Lord that you've also promised that no weapon formed against us will prosper and many weapons have been aimed uh, formed uh, hurled against your people Lord God every kind of persecution every kind of assault every kind of accusation Father God. But you preserve the righteous, Lord God, with your faithfulness. And so even this day, I ask that you cover all of us, those who seek your face, the remnant, uh, with your protection, with your divine holy interventions, with your answers to prayer. Father God, uh, because this is a battle that we will not become discouraged, but we will recognize that you are victorious in protecting us, that your angels are stationed all around us. Lord, keep us in our health and even in things small that we don't think about. We thank you for keeping us in those things that we are able to function and go forward in your grace. We also ask, Father, for ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to receive this revelation today. Lord, that we will not be dull of hearing, that our eyes will not be blind uh, or spiritually blind or or discouraged, Father God, that you give us your wisdom. Now give us your testimony. You are the faithful witness. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, <laughs> there's a lot of um, talk these days, and there has been for a long time, about a great revival, a great awakening yeah. coming to America mm-hmm. and to the world. And, uh, you know, this is something that's been um, ongoing, you know, for in our experience, it's been years and years. There's been talk of mm-hmm. a great revival, revival great awakening. There, there are great awakenings that have taken place throughout history. That were, yeah, uh, that you know affected nations mm-hmm. uh, in from different, some of the most unusual places like right. Los Angeles, California, New York City, mm-hmm. um, Missouri, uh, the Hebrides, all, <laughs> the, <laughs> the Hebrides, Hebrides yeah. the islands, and. Oh. Uh, um, you know, uh, where there was an outpouring of God that was kind of it was, spontaneous, unexpected, and sometimes kind of temporary, but it was there to give people kind of a shot in the arm, a, a new, fresh, 
crying out for God. I think what happens in, in the long run is we just get dry, weary, we get dull, we we walk a long ways on our journeys, and we kind of lose our direction. We lose the focus. We lose why we're here, what we're doing, and we become, like I said, kind of like a wasteland or a wilderness. And and then God revives. He pours. It's like the rain. It comes to revive the dry and the weary yeah. uh creation. And someone said that revival is when God gets so tired of being misrepresented that he just comes and represents himself. <laughs> yeah. Well, the re- the word revival means uh in the in the Hebrew dictionary is it? Yeah, revive. It, it means, means to uh, to make alive, to recover, to repair, to restore to life, to be whole, to save alive. And um you know, there's been a lot of death in our in 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 this world and in, in the nations and even in the last several years it's been uh, I don't know um, increased this spirit of death and destruction despair discouragement fear on every hand and on every side and so people are in need of encouragement they're in restoration to life hope I think hope has been a, a rare commodity these days because people are just um, so busy looking at reality that they are drowning. And it's like the, the, it's like in the wilderness, you know, they were caught up in reality, the reality of being in the wilderness, having, you know, not enough food, not enough water. It seemed murmuring against Moses, um, terrified, panicked. You know, we've got a million plus people here and how are we going to feed these people? And we're going through the wilderness and, and we should have been out of this by now. And where's our help and where's God? And, and so people started to murmur and complain and they had, they were struck down by the fiery serpents and all kinds of things. And ultimately, it was kind of a, 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 a sad thing because these people that had been delivered from Egypt, Egypt had never been delivered from them. They were still in that mindset mm-hmm. of, you know, reality, um, taking care of themselves, living in a slave mentality, not really understanding that they were free now. They didn't have to serve the pharaohs anymore. Um, and they were and they were not happy because they didn't get their their melons and their cucumbers and their uh, their little fr- foods. You know, I mean, it's like they were they would have been happy to just stay slaves and eat their watermelon. It's like so sad. Uh, but but they're in the wilderness, and so what happened is they get to the end of the wilderness, and uh, Moses sends out. And I think this sending out the spies wasn't too far into the journey, was it? I think it was kind of well, yeah, within it was a couple kind of, of it, months it, or so. It was fairly early on. They said, you know, I mean, go check out the land. Mm-hmm. Um, there were 12 spies that went out through the land for, I think it was like about 40 days. Now, this land right. had been Abraham's home. And this is the land that Canaan, was promised to, to Abraham. Abraham. Right. And so he God had says, gone. God says, I'm going to give it to you and to your descendants. Yeah. And this was God's word and promise. But Abraham... Uh, by the time we get to his son, um, the, the, his, his grandson, actually, uh, Jacob, there's a big famine in the land, and he ends up going to Egypt. Um, and so, and, and all of his 75 people went with him, his whole tribe. And so they stayed down there in Egypt for um, 430 years. But by the time, you know, lots has happened back in Canaan since you've been gone. And one of the things that had happened is it had been come, become infested with the giants. Mm-hmm. Um and these were real giants. I mean, they weren't small men. They were, you know, 9, 10, 14 feet tall, whatever they were. They um, were, yeah, they were, you know, human sacrificing, um, uh, yeah. just an evil. Pagan evil. They were, they were evil, had gotten to be evil to the point where God said, when you go in, just wipe them out. Yeah. Everything. Men well, actually, their DNA, their DNA was corrupted. It was so corrupted that mm-hmm. God said, the, the loving thing to do was but, to wipe them out. But back to the revival and the awakening. So, all, so all 10, 12 guys went in there, 
And only two guys out of the whole group said, yeah, we can take them. We can do this. The rest of them said, we're like grasshoppers in their sight. There is no way we're going to do this. And so they were afraid. So they backed out and they refused to um, go forward as God had commanded them to. So all of those people wandering in the wilderness, that whole generation from 20 years and up basically died off. And the only two guys left were Joshua and Caleb. And they were by that time you know, probably 60, 70 years old because they, you know, say they were 20 when they left it and they were 40 years in the wilderness. That makes 60 right there. So they were, and, and they were the two that followed Moses. Now here we are. Okay. At the, they're going to go in now to the promised land. Uh, they're going to, it's actually the land of giants. They're going to go in there and take it. And can you imagine the, um, uh, I don't know what it is, a spiritual, uh, I don't know. Tenacity? What, yeah, that'd be a good word. That they had. I mean, you think Joshua and Caleb, they're the ones that said, brought back the good report. They yeah. were outnumbered, mm-hmm. um, what, 10 to 2? Uh, but they, uh, had a, they had to live through all of the unbelief, all the doubt, all the murmuring, all the death of mm-hmm. all their friends. And only, you know, basically only three were left, they and Moses. And then when they just get to the edge of the promised land where they're about to go in, Moses, Moses dies. Yeah, he dies. So these two guys that believed God for the giants to be taken out, two of them plus their 20-year-olds that are following behind them that you know didn't have weapons and didn't know war and didn't know war games or anything, they were going to go in there and take this, revive this and bring back life, the life of God, the possession of God to this, to this land. And here it is, two guys, two guys had to have two enough. Two old guys. Two old guys. Two old guys. Yeah. Had to count. believe God for revival. And they were leading... Two old guys were leading the younger generation. Yeah, yeah. And, and so the generation that, well, it's interesting here how the Word of God describes it in Numbers 14. Um, uh, he says, but your little ones, he t- this is, he, he's saying, Moses is saying this to the old generation about what was going to happen to them. Okay, you got, you're not going to enter the land, but in Numbers 14, uh, 31 says, but your little ones, whom you said would be victims, I will bring in. They said, well, we can't go in. You know, our kids are going to get killed, and it's going to be bad. That's what the spies were Let's saying. Let's just stay that's here what and that, be safe. That's what yeah. that old generation, yeah. stay here. safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, Careful. And, and, and then they shall know the land which you have despised. So he says, the ones that you said were going to be victims <laughs> are going to be the victors. Victorious ones, yeah. And uh, I'm wondering if we've got the similar thing going on today. Well, you know, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he doesn't change much. And so you have seen, and we have seen, if you've read the Old Testament at all, you see the cycles constantly of of, of revival and then falling away and then r- repentance and uh, correction, chastening, whatever, and then back to revival again. And he, just, that's a, that's a cycle. That's, that's a, that's a pattern. God has this way of bringing back, bringing back, bringing back. He, he's always brought back. He's always brought back life. He's always redeemed. He's always uh, restored. He's always revived. It, it, it may take some while, like 70 years in the wilderness. Well, I, I'm, I mean, uh, 40 years in the wilderness, but 70 years in Babylon. So it, it may take a while, but God is in his, his pattern his divine pattern is to bring back revival. And uh, I would say that if we're looking for revival and awakening now, this is one of the main things we can, we can rely on, is that God is faithful to keep his own word. And even as he said, um, you know, you wonder, well, you look at reality like we can be tempted to do with the children 
in the wilderness, well, look at this, it's not working, look at that, you know, people are falling away, look at the evil, look at the horrible government, look at the, the underground um, blood guilt, look at all of this. There is no, looking at reality is the worst thing you can possibly do when following God. It is the absolute most, you know, Jesus said, don't make judgments based on appearances. We have to go with what the word of God, what truth says, not what reality says. And and so otherwise we're going to be just like those those people who died in the wilderness. Well, see, Joshua and Caleb said, we're well able to go in and take the land. The other yeah. people said, we can't do it. But what made them well able? They had nothing. They didn't have, They maybe they had slingshots, maybe they had rocks, they maybe had a sword or two among them. But what did they, they have? Were, they were not, they had God. That's they, all they, they had, they had was God. God. God is able to do it. They were not trained in warfare, really, uh-uh. no. the, these people. But no. Joshua and Caleb said, we're well able to do it. We're able to come. If God is pleased with us, yeah. we're going to be able to do this. And so they, they looked at the ability of God. They That's looked, it. All of it was God. And, and one all. of the things, too, with us as believers, that we, we are to look at the Word of God, what it says, the prophecies. And sometimes these prophecies in the Old Testament, for example, took years and years. Hundreds centuries, of years sometimes. Centuries, <laughs> centuries uh-huh. uh, to be fulfilled. And so... Um, right now, okay, we're at this place where we have an invasion. You know, like in the book of Joel, there was, uh, which means Yahweh is God. That's the the meaning of his name. Um, That they were very, very sinful. Now, Joel uh, was a a prophet at about the same time as Elisha. I heard that. Elisha, the prophet, in uh, about 835 B.C. One was in Israel and one was in Judah, I think. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so he's speaking to to Judah here. To warn them. And and God, there was so much sin and rebellion going Mm -hmm. on. It was one of those dark, dark times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So God allows um, uh, grasshoppers, literally locusts that Mm -hmm. came in, to uh, destroy what was there. Their crops, their food, there, there their food sources. There was like all, four different kinds, swarming locusts, crawling locusts, consuming locusts, and chewing locusts. <laughs> they came in. My great, he says, my great army, that which was, I sent that among was, you. That was, he sends an army, a, a locust plague. Mm-hmm. And see, the thing is, too, was when you are in disobedience, to to the Lord, there that you open yourself up to the enemy. To you demonic off, judgments, you, you yeah. Offer up, you you offer yourselves up for judgment. So, and um, well, how does that work? It works like this because Satan says, "Okay, they're listening to me. I get to I get to punish them. I get to judge them. I get to do what I want with them because they're not listening to you, and they're breaking your law. So therefore, I'm I'm justified in bringing this demonic trouble upon them, and that is true, until the people repent. So the 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 precursor to a revival really is repentance. The people have, God has got to even give them that, the gift of repentance or uh, a godly sorrow so that they will be able to repent. And in Joel, he talks about that too. He says, stop everything. Stop, gather, call the sacred assembly, blow the trumpet in Zion, call, uh, call off the weddings, the very places where you'd have the most joy and merriment and, and, and well, you know, interrupt, delight. Interrupt, interrupt the everything. wedding. Interrupt everything, yes. Right, right before, interrupt the wedding. Interrupt everything. Interrupt everything. Mm-hmm. And, the thing is, are, are we 
in this country, in the United States of America now, are we willing to interrupt everything? Everything. Are you we inter- yeah. interrupt our our church services? Are we uh-huh. uh, yeah. you know? Uh, are we uh, to our in- schedules? Our, our schedules. Our our gatherings. Our plans. Our gatherings. Mm-hmm. Everything like that. Are we are we that are, desperate? From from the old to the young, you said even the children, gather the children and the nursing babes, uh, assemble the elders, get everybody the together, mm-hmm. call a sacred assembly, the priests, the spiritual leaders are supposed to be weeping. Well, this is the porch you know the altar. This, this is what Nehemiah it's did. An this emergency. is what Ezra Ezra did. This is what and every great move of God. This is exactly what they had to do. They stopped everything. They stood in the rain. They heard the word of God read to them. Nehemiah yeah. Ezra. And and then they got they were desperate. You know, I don't know what our problem is here in America in this world because we lack are lack of desperation. Yeah, but why? See, why? 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 Are, people are depressed, but they're also and distracted. Despairing and distracted. They're distracted, and they're not willing to give up their false is comforts. Is there enough desperation? I mean, why? It, it's so weird to well, me. It, yeah. Is that why does? Do we have to get so down and so low and so desperate before before mm-hmm. we call out to God? Now, some people get to the place of desperation and they don't call out to God. They, they don't just know. they just cave into the despair. Right. Even even when you 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 bring the word of God and a word of hope to them, they still will go well, the be, other way. The, the reason then, is because I think many of them have been taken over by the the demonic spirits, the strongholds of fear and suicide and death and hopelessness and despair but you know we are in a very great grievous place but we don't get it yet because we can distract ourselves we can get off this that we can go back and watch a movie we can go back and you know go out to eat at a restaurant you know we were getting a little desperate there and we couldn't go to our restaurants and when we couldn't do our games and things Uh, we had to do church on zoom we were a tad bit desperate then (laughs) and and now we've kind of you know it's been a little bit of a reprieve so we go back to you know, trying to get back we to, wanna, to we want to we want to be back to whatever normal. But that is, is not revival. There, there was normal no normal is not coming back. You know, yeah, and and for the for the us old guys Thank like Joshua and Caleb, the seventy year olds, the sixty year olds who see saw, maybe saw the Jesus People movement in the sixties and saw some of these other things in the we've also saw a lot of other things that would turn us away from the idea of a revival. You know, you can become very. Uh, I don't know what's the word, despondent or unbelieving or skeptical. Cynical, yeah. jaded. Because because we've seen all of the wickedness. We have we as older ones have lived through a lot of um, the wickedness. A lot, seen a lot of of rejection of God. You know, a lot of people refusing, of people taking substitutes, the counterfeit gospels. We have seen so much stuff that for us to be a Joshua and a Caleb will take the reviving of God. And yet it is the Joshua and Caleb God needed to bring these young ones to um, the, the victory. It's interesting, too, is, is through the years, you know, we've seen emphasis on, well, we need revival, so we need to fast and pray. Uh, we need to have sacred assemblies. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to have unity. If mm-hmm, we just mm-hmm. if we just have enough unity mm-hmm. among people of, of, mm-hmm. of, of the churches and stuff, then, then then God will just see that and say, oh, they they love each other. They're in unity. I'm going to bring a great blessing. But a lot of that all a lot of that has has really fallen short. It hasn't. Mm-hmm. It hasn't uh, done the job. So when I was asking the Lord the other day, you know, about this thing with revival, and we see some pockets of revival, we really must declare that there have been this thing yes. with um, uh, let us worship and that uh, young team that goes throughout the cities of the nation bringing revival. 
um, that's very delightful to see. Very, yeah, very, is. very wonderful. Um, but when I was asking the Lord, are we going to have that last day's revival that these men are believing God for, these women are believing God for? This is the, the word he gave me. He says, um, Joel 3, uh, 28, and it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. And I also, on my men's servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Well, what days are those days? The days that um, come after the consuming locust and the terror and the dread and the and, and the destruction. Um, after I believe, after those days of devastation, God says one more time, in those days, I will pour out my spirit and, and, in the last days. And, and that's what Peter Peter preached from this. This yeah, was his right. text on the day of Pentecost. So you have... Well, he was reflecting back that this this was that outpouring. So let's... Yeah, right. He says, this is that. And so if you look at the whole the book of Joel, okay, it starts out with great sin and rebellion among the people of God. Mm-hmm. Okay, the, the judgment God sends these locusts. And right now we've got locusts, you know, the, the demons are just everywhere. Every, they're coming from, every, it's like these locusts were coming from everywhere, uh, above, below, mm-hmm. alongside. The portals everywhere. of heaven are open and the demons yeah, and yeah. the so fallen the, angels the, are coming down. And we're kind of in that place right mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. where where the, the lies and the judgments and the murders are, are and the deception are just so thick and that people don't even want to deal with it. Yeah. Right. But in verse 30, it says, And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire, pillars of smoke. The sun will be per- turned to darkness, the moon into blood, before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass at that point in time that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be deliverance as the Lord has said, among the remnant whom the Lord God calls. So after this, there's this call, there's this judgment, you should, we could say, um, chastisement, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's a call. A, a revival. For, for repentance, mm-hmm. okay? Um, and who knows? He said, you know, Joel says in, in Joel um, 2.14, who knows if he will turn and relent? Mm-hmm. and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. So after this repentance, he promises a harvest. Mm-hmm. He said that the um, threshing floors will be full of wheat and there will be wine and new oil. Wine speaks of joy, uh, of, of joy and productivity and, and, and oil speaks of, of healing and comfort. And, and anointing. And, and, you know, oil used for cooking for food and stuff like that. So all this... A blessing, this harvest mm-hmm. and this joy uh, that God says, following repentance, this was what's going to come. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're at that place right now, I think, where uh-huh. God is saying, okay, I'm calling you to repentance. I'm calling you to interrupt everything, to bring to pass mm-hmm. uh, the, the repentance. And then there's going to be this outpouring of the Spirit of God. and then, But then next... He says, if you think that the judgment of the locust was bad, just wait till the day of the Lord comes. The terrible day. There, he's going judgment. to be judging the great and terrible day of the Lord. Signs in the heavens and mm-hmm. on the earth before that great and terrible or notable day of the Lord. It's coming. So the judgment, the judgment upon sin, the judgment upon the nations of the world is coming. Mm-hmm. And we, we read in you know Revelation about these destruction things that are coming 
that are beginning right now. So there's just there's like a window right now, a window between between judgment and greater judgment, uh, a window did, of opportunity. Well, and the return of the Lord. Actually. Yeah, right. A window uh, where we can repent, mm-hmm. and God will bring out, pour out His Spirit, bring a harvest. Because this is what has to happen. Because all our works and our efforts, mm-hmm. are all our religious activities, are not going to do the job. Haven't done the it, job. It has to be For 2000 the years. outpouring of the Spirit of God. You mentioned about the Jesus movement in the late 60s, into the 70s, and probably into the 80s a little bit, early 80s. There was no way to say, where did it start? Mm-hmm. You could say, well, it started on the beaches of Southern California, uh, when they started reaching out to the hippies out there. Um, but how many people had reached out to the hippies a hundred times before that and nothing happened? Yeah. And this was just a spontaneous kind of outpouring, yeah. yep. gathering and a, a momentum. And that's what we're seeing now starting across the nation, uh, this little bit of a momentum to to get people saved, baptized, repenting, crying. Together. And you see the joy on their faces when you see the videos of how they they have been set free. They have been delivered. They finally found what they have been searching for their whole life, and no one ever told them until God Himself reveals Himself. But the problem is that in the, I think in, in the more recent past, the Lord has kind of pulled Himself back. Um, I, he's not that He's not present, not that His Spirit's not working, not that He's not sending prophets and things like that. But I believe because God is so powerful, and there's a verse in I think it's Isaiah where it says, "Well, God will." break from forth from his chambers and roar mm-hmm. and, and and it's like the lion is going to be loosed and roar and when he does that there could be a lot of devastation so god is kind of restraining himself right now by letting the holy spirit and the and the word of god you know prepare people's hearts draw people in bring them to the place of repentance so the the final word is you know for those who have waited a long time for this and waited maybe their whole lifetime for this um or saw a taste of it in the beginning um, like we did with the Jesus People revival, and then waited the rest of our whole life to see this again, um, we want to be the Joshuas and the Calebs to go forward and to bring, you know, you know victory. But the, yeah. the, the healing <clears throat> comes from knowing that the Lord God does not lie. He is going to come everywhere. You know, I asked the Lord the other day, are we going to have a revival? Are we going to have a great awakening? And he said, what did I say? Mm-hmm. What did I say in Joel? The old man, the young man, the maidens and the uh, the servants. Well, I was going to pour out my spirit. If I said it, I'm doing it. So there's 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 the promise. You don't have to say, are we going to? The only thing is, well, when and how do I get to be part of it? I guess that's the only thing we want to really uh, know. So we're kind of at a crossroads here. The Church of Jesus is like, okay, I'm talking about the true Church of Jesus. I'm not talking about just mm-hmm. the 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 goofy religious organizations we've got going on right now that seem to be very More popular. More like clubs. The clubs, clubs mm-hmm. the, whole, the holy or non-holy or whoever they are clubs. But I'm talking about the, the for you and I, I believe that people that are listening to this, if you're not really serious about Jesus and, and, and wanting to please the Lord, I don't think you'd be listening to us here today or tonight right. whenever you're listening. But the the choice is this: we can either despair Be, mm-hmm. and say, you know what, everything's Skeptical. so evil. Mm-hmm. You know, we can count to this and this and this and this. Look what's going on. Look what's going on in our cities, in our mm-hmm. streets, in our churches, 
in our halls of Congress. Um, look, look at all that, all these mandates and laws and, and all this f- evil that's coming our way, all mm-hmm. the lies, the deluge that's coming. We, we could say, look at all that. And we could look at all that and say, oh man, let's just go hide somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, or like the, the, these are like the giants, okay? Mm-hmm. There's giants in the land. Well, and we, we're at the point now, are we going to be like Joshua and Caleb? Right. Are we going to be like the the ten spies? It's oh, there's no way we can do it. We don't have a chance. We're little. We're like little grasshoppers to try to go well, against these these giants. But Joshua and Caleb said we're well able. So let's let the choice be. Well, let's, let's cry out to God. Let's yeah. let's 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 repent in our own personal <clears throat> lives. Mm-hmm. And and like Joel said, who knows if He will turn and relent? Who knows what God will do? Yeah. Let's go for that. Let's just let's just go for that. Well, and if we don't see it the way we think we should see it or when we should see it, let's just go for it anyway. Stand. Because you know the people who didn't survive the wilderness, the 10 and the and the million that did not survive the test, the dryness, the absence of God, <clears throat> they 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 didn't survive the wilderness. They be, they were hung up, caught up, swallowed up by what it looked like, by what they felt like by what they were murmuring among themselves, but the words that they spoke and the words that we speak over ourselves or people speak over us become the very exact words Satan uses to destroy us if those are murmuring words. So what we, we you know, Joshua and Caleb somehow preserved themselves in that, that uh, fiery trial of the wilderness. That was a tough test and most of them didn't pass it. They didn't pass it enough to come out with faith, faith enough to believe, to please God or to believe God. And so they just lost, they lost, they, they were swallowed up by their experience, by the wilderness, by the negativity, by the, by the reality. They were swallowed up by reality, and they didn't come into the truth of the victory. And the ones who became the victors, the ones who were in the armies led by Joshua and Caleb, were the, were the orphans. Because yeah. the 20 their years— Their parents had all died, yeah. Their, their, their parents or grandparents had died in the wilderness, so in a sense— they were a new the, generation for a sure. A new generation of young orphans. Mm-hmm. And we have a, mm-hmm. a generation now, a younger people, that in a sense are orphans. And so they haven't had... Spiritual fathers or mothers. Godly, mm-hmm. spiritual, or physical, mm-hmm. na- uh, biological, genetic, biological yeah. fathers and mothers. So they're basically they're an orphaned generation. Well, they have nothing. And they have nothing to lose. The only thing they have is God. The only thing that they are hungry for is God because he's the only thing that can fill the void of all the, the huge void of, uh, that's in their life. They haven't known any of the good things m- much of life. They've lo- learned tragedy and loss and abandonment yeah. and divorce and alienation and lies. Addictions. And, and they have been also pummeled. The wilderness hasn't been kind to them either. It's tried to lure them with the, the you know vi- virtual realities and 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 video games and drugs and um, sexual identity crises and all kinds of things. They have not. It's not been easy for them either. But for uh, th- those of you who will be a Joshua and a Caleb, reach out to the younger ones. Be patient with them. Ask the Lord for deliverance because God said there will be deliverance. There will have to be deliverance from the demonic notions and strongholds that Satan has set up in the lives of all of us as we you know, travel through the wilderness. And we need he to says, be delivered. He says in Mount Zion here, Joel 2.32, it should come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what it is right that's now. That's simple, isn't the it? The invitation's Have open. you called on the Lord? Then you're saved. For 
in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be deliverance. Now we're not talking necessarily right here about the the city of Jerusalem or the hill that Jerusalem's on, but really right now I I don't I believe that that uh, the Lord has not replaced the nation the genetic. Uh, uh, sons of Abraham, the descendants of Abraham. There's not there. There is going to be a restoration for the true Israel, mm-hmm. but uh, as it is right now, they're still in unbelief for the most part. But now, in really in now in the Church of Jesus Christ, this is where there's to be the deliverance. But God has got to deliver His people so they can be deliverers, mm-hmm. and so we need to be. We need freedom. The, the thing is, Paul said, you know, Romans 7.20, I believe it is, who uh, will deliver me from this body of and death? And then after the revival, there's one more move of God, and that's called Armageddon. At this final revival, I believe it is the final one, um, will bring forth the cry, prepare for war. Yeah. Wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up, Joel is saying. Beat your plowshares into swords. So there is a coming. The nations will be awakened and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat, verse 12 um, of Joel in uh, chapter 3. Up to the valley of Jehoshaphat, which is Megiddo, which is the the valley of Armageddon. For there I will sit to judge all the surrounding nations. Um, Then he, he says, put in the sickle for the harvest is ripe. Come, go down. To the wine, for the wine presses are full, the vats overflow, for their wickedness is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. So, Lord God, we just thank you for this many, many multitudes, multitudes um, in the valley of decision, yet not having made their minds up to follow you or decide that you are the one true God. We pray that those many in the valley will make their decisions before you come with that great and notable day of the Lord to bring um, judgment, to sit in judgment over humankind. So, Father, give us grace. May your, your spirit and your word go forth freely, quickly, and deeply to pull back from darkness those who are called to live in your light and in your family. In Jesus' name. Father, we pray, too, that, that your people, your remnant, will recognize the emergency that we, we are in. And that we'll cry out that in our own lives there would be a great repentance. There'd be a turning from sin, a turning to you, a deliverance. Lord, deliver us from evil. Deliver us from the evil one. Thank you, Jesus. And for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. And may your kingdom come and your will be done through us as it's being done in heaven. And for a good treat, check out liferecovery.com. Um, and the audio drama that we put together called God on Trial would make an excellent Christmas gift. Check it out at liferecovery.com. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.